My name is Ashley Zatarian Johnson, and I'm a born and raised New Orleanian. After finding myself always on the hunt for new biographies to discover, especially through podcasts, I realized there were people right under my nose that I was dying to know more about in my very own town. Some are well known. Some are people maybe you should know. Here are their stories and why they choose New Orleans to be their home, whether by birth, choice, or the place they always find themselves coming back to. Things can get a little bonkers here, or even a little backwards, but there is a magic here that binds us all, twisting us together under its spell. This is New Orleans Entangled. I think I speak for many of us when I say this. These days, I find myself seeking my fiction fix through television and film more often than I do the pages of a novel. We may make jokes about it, but for many of us, the content of Netflix, Hulu, and HBO was our respite throughout 2020. It was a much-needed escape from the realities of this past year. Today's guest is an actor that has taken us on a journey of a reformed sex worker and led us to understand how a seemingly innocent FBI agent could become a cog in the wheel that snuck through the national security for the 9-11 terror attacks. You may recognize her from HBO's The Deuce or Lovecraft Country, but I know her from high school. Jamie Newman has devoted her life to self-expression through acting and writing for movies and television. She's one of those people who remind you that indeed, anything is possible. That very sentiment is what brings so many outsiders to this city and keeps this New Orleans native coming back, not just to visit her hometown, but to write and set some of her best work right here. Did I do a good job? (laughs) I'm gonna know, you know, I, I know more than one of the guests that have been on I mean I know them all. There's some in the future I've never met, but this is like super special because you know, got history. I've known you. Yes. And I have one story before I forgot to tell you, which is when I was living in New York um, and I'd run into you maybe at Giacomo. Yeah. Giacomo's uptown. Uh huh. And, um, and I feel like one other place, maybe going to see your band, but there was another time that I was too far away to say hi. And the trains were loud passing. And I Mm -hmm. saw you in the subway, like getting on and you were wearing some kind of magical glittering, ensemble and I wish I knew where you were going in it because it could have just been life it could have been life but it could have probably been like a brass band gig with high and mighty I have a lot of costumes that my girl up in New York made for me and like the most outlandish shit I have three China like those plaid Chinatown bags you know what I'm talking about oh yeah I've got like three of those filled of just costumes like glittery shit that she's made for me wait that's so so I mean, it could so have been life. Who knows? In New York, I love for real. That. I lived there for so long. I had to bring that New Orleans up Ooh, there. Oh, I'm excited because I thought I'm going to ask you about your your brass band in the end. Yeah. But we're going to start uh, first with just some background stories. Yeah, let's get into the back. Googling, um, you get some weird. Um, you get you some have weird a uh, thir- there's this website that does like 31 fo- photos of hot chicks. Essentially, yeah, of you course. have one of those. Of course and, I do. Of course Thank you. Do. you. Thank <laughs> you. Also, you know the really this one's creepy. The feet one, oh. Wiki feet. Oh, I guess I have had my feet out in some movies. You're, you've made it. 
You've arrived because you're on Wikipedia. Thank you. Enjoy it. I did not look at it, but um, come on. Maybe after after these daiquiris. Yeah. And what neighborhood did you grow up in? Lakeview, Florida Boulevard, girl. Okay. Okay. So that's that leads us later to Mm -hmm. Mount Carmel. Well, I knew you were in Saint Dominic. I knew your family was from here Mm -hmm. because there's a photo on your Instagram of your mother as queen of a carnival ball. Yeah, Pegasus. Oh, yeah, love that. Yeah, okay, okay. So you grew up in Lakeview, went mm-hmm. to St. Dominic, mm-hmm. did the natural path to Mount Carmel. Yeah, they of all, course, they all do. Yeah, um, and that's where I met you. Um, <laughs> would you say that you're? I would think growing up in Lakeview, that's a pretty traditional New Orleans childhood. Yeah, and we lived like our house was a double, so my grandma lived underneath. So I like grew up with uh, my grandma. You know, like two different houses, but right there, oh, like yeah. that feels really. And I guess my great grandmother was there the first like ten years of my life. And I don't and know if that's other places, but it's definitely yeah. very common here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's Cuban on my mom's side, so like at one point I think my grandma and great grandmother had like these two tenants. Um, oh my god, what were the names? But oh, oh my god. Paino Ooh. and Johnny. Like and I was like now later in life I'm like, who were those two dudes living there? You, hanging out with you them. know? And they're like yeah, they were like merchant marines, you know, friends of their dead husbands and like just paying rent. So I definitely, yeah. So like I grew up with these like older generation living underneath us, like apartment style, you know? I love that. It was cool. I think you should consider writing a script about that. Okay. Maybe another short. Yeah, there's a very, there's a memory of my sister feeding Johnny dog biscuits, (laughs) you know, and, and being like, oh my God, like, she, he's eating these dog biscuits, but later he was like, "I knew there were dog biscuits. I just love y'all." You know, I think tonight so you need to go home and just make that the foundation okay, of your next interesting. story. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Kind of like a challenge. Um, okay, so I know dance was an enormous part of your childhood, mm-hmm. and I read that you and your sister attended school dance classes mm-hmm. several times a week, and not just anyone, but Jacoby, which was like yeah. our real deal school here, big time. Like so many ladies that I grew up with and gentlemen as well, or like have all had professional ballerine, like ballet careers, like New York City Ballet and all these. Which I didn't beautiful. realize. And I Googled when I was looking Dude. up Jacoby and trying to remember, because um, I took ballet elsewhere. I wasn't good enough to go to Jacoby. Um, Girl, you can do anything you so want. so many people came went on to succeed. So many people. Do you think that it had anything to do with like gaining confidence for you and getting up in front of people? Well, uh, that part, I guess, was clarifying because I love to be on stage and I, but like the discipline of ballet, I was like, go fuck <laughs> yourself. That's when I quit. Too. Go fuck yourself. You know, I had, I made amazing friends there and I learned a lot and definitely like got some really hardcore dance training, but that life was like not for me and I was never going to be a ballerina, you know? No. But I just you loved way more. stage and I'd be like, I want to quit. And then there'd be like the recital coming up or Nutcracker and I'd be like, I'm going to stay, you know, because I loved being on stage and like acting through the fucking dance. Yeah. Yeah. But not the day to day, just technique. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I like it too. I still love to dance, but well, you went on to, uh, I, pretty sure i remember this well <laughs> were you a carmelette at mount carmel academy yes i was baby <laughs> every mardi gras i'm every time sorry, my friend makes fun of me because like he's been here with mardi gras with me and like the carmelettes will go by and i'll be like i was a carmelette 
yo screaming at them I think you nobody gives a fuck they don't know me dance i them. fully remember one move i do it all the time oh my gosh this. that looks familiar do, to do, me do, 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 because they still do it i see them in the fucking parades when they're, when they're marching uh. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I think you should happen. Um, Amy I Schumer do. did that happen. with a team. You have to go on her Instagram when they were practicing in Audubon Park, and she was nine <laughs> right. months pregnant. Y'all, it's the funniest thing. She didn't right. know what it was. Like she just saw that this crew was dancing, <laughs> right. and she just jumped in behind right. it. But to all of us, we're like they're Shit. practicing for the you know. Um, but no, I think uh, if you if you know you're not from here, you don't know. But, but immediately, yeah. I was like, oh, it's a Mardi Gras crew. Like yeah. you know. Um, I read that you always knew you wanted to act and you finally made the leap to theater your senior year of high school. True. So tell me about that. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, kind I was of like, wow. It. I was like, how did you, how did you know that? Um, yeah, I definitely always wanted to be an actor. Like, I don't know why, but just since I was born, just like, that's what I want. I don't know why. And every now and then I'd be like, I'd watch, I remember there was a movie called Doctor. Like that was the name of it. I don't know with Harrison Ford or something back in the day. And I watched it and I was like, maybe I want to be a doctor. And my mom was like, do you think maybe you just want to play a doctor in a movie? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Wait, you, you know? owe your mom a lot from well, that one statement. I knew before that, but she was just kind of like, she was like, oh, you want to be a doctor now? Even though you wanted to act your whole life? Cool. Do it. But they no, way more it. fun to just get in a doctor's shoes for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, New Orleans, it's super common here, uh, the same-sex Catholic school experience. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously other cities. <laughs> sounds so sexy. I know, doesn't it? I actually know to a lot same of people it does. Same-sex. Uh, when yes. they picture the skirts and all. Yeah, of But course. they didn't see Mount Carmel skirts. That, those, those, that brown. I actually wish I still had it. The other day, I was like, I should wear that like as an outfit. It was many a costume for me in college. But I did I did like the two buttons, How like there's like the lower button. Yeah. I like that that as a design. You did? You were a lot thinner than me in kind high school. Of. It was not kind to the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Actually, you would have to unbutton it after it was, lunch. You, you didn't even need part. birth control. If a man like, saw you in it, they turned around and went the other way. Was, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no. I thought they were hideous. I mean, I, I mean, love they the were school, kind but, of, but. Yeah. But um, would you, I want to know when you moved away and you, especially being in the industry and that you're in, when you talk about it. Like, have you had any really funny reactions? Like, I listened to a podcast with the Duplass brothers recently. And when they spoke, oh, oh my God. Well, like, what's they up? spoke about Jesuit. And mm-hmm. it was a live audience. It was, I think it was Michael Ian Black's podcast, which normally is not live. This was live. And they broke out into complete laughing at them when they described Jesuit. And I, it was, like, weird for me to hear that. Because I was like, wait, it's weird? to They don't have yeah. these schools everywhere? Like, this isn't? Right. We know they have Jesuits everywhere. But we have, like, a large amount of catholic schools here we sure do that are same sex we sure do so did you ever get any any like people like that sounds really strange no i mean i think i there's i kind of like telling people that because i'd be like you know i'd be like i went to all girls catholic school okay and people were like oh okay 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 it does explain you know like you. you wild okay yeah yeah um so while i was getting Drunk at Fat Harry's, were you practicing dance and memorizing lines or did you go out? No, I was bit? getting drunk at Fat <laughs> Harry's too, for sure. And then also, what was that joint for a while? Hyde Park? Oh, Hyde Park Corner. Britannia? Yeah. Ooh, girl. Mm-mm. I had I six that. girlfriends. We had one brown ID, one brown-headed ID, and one blonde-headed ID. And we would go in every Thursday and just pass it through the window for just the next person. It and it was ladies' night every Thursday. And it was like... 
ladies drink for free and we're like 16 just getting drunk for free i'm impressed that you were out on a thursday i don't know if i could have pulled that off actually i don't know how i pulled it off it was senior year i think only Mm -hmm. when maybe my parents were like all right you can hang out with your friends after dancing school maybe i skipped dancing school and went and got drunk you know i had the same id from 15 to 21 so when i was 15 it was 18 and bars yeah. were only 18 to get yeah. in at the time. I remember that. And then when I turned 21, I mailed it to her. And I was oh. like, thank you. I don't think I know anybody else who accomplished that. Yeah, that's pretty good without getting taken away. So after high school, where did you go? I went to I went to Northwestern State in Natchitoches for a year. Oh. And then I got like they had auditions for a summer summer stock. It's like theaters across the country that put up like three plays in a summer and you get paid and so I went and worked in in Granbury, Texas and did like three plays over summer. Wait, this is so like anytime I've heard about the summer stock, this is what like the really, it's like what really fine actors did. They're like, I did summer stock. Yeah, yeah. It's like cutting your teeth kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. I lost my virginity that summer. Ooh. <laughs> in Texas. In Texas. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. No, but it's a good note. Yeah, it's. I mean, so it's very, it sticks in my memory mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And I got paid to do theater. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going back to school. I'm moving to New York. Like, I'm getting paid to do theater. I'm ready. So it was and my one parents year were like, in. okay, cool. Yeah, one year there. <gasps> and then I came home and I worked at, for six months to save up money, I worked at West End Cafe. Oh. Uh-huh. And actually made a bunch of money, if I remember correctly. Like... Oh, yeah. No, that days. place was slamming. It was, it was slamming mm-hmm. all the time. God, there was a group of y'all yeah. that worked there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then and then I moved to New York. Wow. I did not realize that this all came together so young. Yeah. Well, I moved to New York in 2001. So that was going to be your next question is mm-hmm. when when did you go? Oh, wow. Right before 9-11, like a couple Whoa. months before. Oh, I my God. Like, yeah. My mom was like, do you want to come home? I was like. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm here. I was so ready. You know how many people would have said yes? I was just so ready. And and I was in theater school and I was like, I'm in fucking conservatory for theater right now in New York City. Like, I'm not leaving. And, and, it, and it wasn't stopping. It's yeah, not like that was exactly it's not like, like life went on. Dude. Right. Everybody did it. You know, right. Right. So. Right. Exactly. So you had kind of a personal connection to Looming Tower, but I'll wait till yeah. I get to Looming Tower to, yeah. to ask you. Um, so what type of, when you got up to New York, what was the type of work that you were auditioning for? And was it well, I went to school for like a year and a half or two year program. And was that at <clears throat> T. Schreiber? No, that was at uh, AMDA, okay. the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And it's a conservatory, like you can't audition. So first two years, just like training hardcore. Um you know. So you did continue with school. It mm-hmm. was acting school, but mm-hmm. you did continue. Yeah. So when was T. Schreiber? Because that's the... So T. Schreiber's later. So I went to AMDA and then I like moved into a three-bedroom apartment in Chinatown with oh. se- seven of my best friends. Oh. <laughs> and we were just like maniacs running through the streets of New York, like little fuck-up kids. Was it the best? It was the best. And it was all like my friends from musical theater school. So like insane people that are still my best friends to this day. Well, yeah, like I always knew exactly what I wanted to do. But also, I mean, I spent like years of my life just fucking around until my one friend that I did go to school with, he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, why don't you go? (laughs) Yeah, you know? And he was like, and he really gave me this fucking advice. His name is Walker Clark. He's a teacher out in LA. 
but he was like um he's like why don't you go to a acting school like an ongoing acting school like you pay month to month you practice and he's like and why don't you find a school that also has a theater that does plays there and like five to six years off and on I did like four plays at that school I mean I did some of my best like learning and working there at that place at that establishment and it's a pretty well-respected off-off Broadway theater and mm-hmm. you know I'm so happy for those years too yeah what is your tri-coastal living situation these days because mm. I'm already jealous of it I'm guessing New York New Orleans LA yeah that's it um although these days I'm just trying to be here where it's in New Orleans do you live now? Like I'm in the Seventh War, baby. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, we were talking about Jazz Fest a little bit ago, and that's right. I'm you like just right re- by this the, is a new move. This is to the ger- this is pandemic living, baby. Like I was in LA, and then I came back in March or whenever that was, right when this shit started, and I was like, I'm going home where my family and my friends are, mm-hmm. and if we're hunkering down, I'm hunkering down with my family and friends, right. not the like four awesome people I know in LA, you know. When you are in New Orleans, what are the musts? Like the things that when you first get back from New York or LA that you go you go do? Like I may you may go meet your friends at this certain bar, you get poet boys from here, you mm-hmm. walk on the bayou, purple drink from Lafitte. Purple drink is like for when people are visiting town mm-hmm. and we're in the quarter. You gotta do that. I'm into it. Oh I love how the first sip you're like, This is disgusting and then you're like this much in and you're like, Mmm, I love this. this. Is this is so good. And I'm telling you, there's something else in it. I, anyway, so your regular things. What are Yeah, yeah. I always go to a Chafalaya because like one of my best friends in the world, Rachel, owns it and oh, like, you know, so that's so a stop. Cool. And we work together at Giacomo's up in New York. Oh, and I remember she was always like, I want to have a, I want to own a restaurant one day. And then she was like, I, I'm going to, you know, like partnering up. And she's like, we're opening this place. And I just pictured like this little purple coffee shop for some reason in my head. And then I just remember the first time walking in there and I was like, oh my God, this yeah. like adorable, so classic, cute. beautiful New Orleans restaurant. And so, yeah, I've like, I always, that's always kind of one of my first stops. Oh, what a Because I know everybody answer. that works there. I've worked the door there forever. Like off and on when I come to town, she's like, you want me to put you to work? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. You know, I noticed it in your uh, credits, uh, maybe one or two of your short films that you credited yeah. them for the food. Yeah, and dude. I, was like, oh, I haven't been there Can you imagine so like long? catering on a set from a chafalaya for a day? It's like, that's fancy shit. No. I also love pals. I love a pals. Me too. Love a pals hang, pass by. I mean, Mimi's was always... Yes. I know. Um, Okay. So (laughs) there's no possible way we could discuss all of your work that I want to discuss on this podcast because we'd be here forever. You have an epically long list of awesome things that you've been in. Um, So I'll start with HBO's The Deuce. Um, which you began in 2017 when the series began and your characters on seasons one and two Mm -hmm. and it ended in three, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's, I guess I thought, which was always the plan, like three seasons. Only three seasons. I like that. Excuse me while I swallow this delicious daiquiri. Where's it from? Daiquiri break. Yes. The daiquiris are from Bure as they are every, every podcast. I'm drinking the hurricane one and it's delicious. It's got like, I was like, what is this cinnamon? But we think it's tea. I, the ingredients like Earl Grey and that they listed on their little chalkboard. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. I know. See, look, Bure, you're getting celebrity yeah. endorsements. You got a Bure. Um, but I, and I read and I love this story because it's so different than I ever thought of a big break happening. If you consider this your big break, you had other I stuff would say before. So. so, and then that was my friend Mark Henry Johnson, who like, 
He was a location scout for Treme. So he'd worked with David and George and Nina and all them before. And then he ended up meeting the Vincent, the Vincent brother, the real life, Uh like James Franco characters. And he had met him and recorded like 90 hours of audio tape of like his stories because he was like, these stories are crazy. Then went back to oh David God. and George and was like, I got this story right. Which, and by the way, some... she's she's saying this casually. It's David Simon and George Pelicanos yeah. that she's referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's So wonderful. I had met my friend when he was like, this would be a good idea. Gave it to them. They were like, yeah, yeah, we'll check it out. Okay, yeah, Dan, that's a good idea. And, my, and Mark was like, damn it's amazing they like they rewrote the episode like i was like here like here's an idea and he's like and then they How write they it get in front of them because they're friends they'd they already worked up. together okay. you know they okay. worked together on Treme. so i was gonna say so the wire is like everyone's yes like ho- holier than it's everybody's favorite yeah i know i mean that's like you're reaching it's, it's like starting amazing. at the very top as far as yeah, getting your pretty, idea in front pretty of pretty classy but yeah they had worked together on Treme in new orleans like he had been in the crew so they had already been friends and so you know oh, and then it right. just grew from there that, uh, is it george pelicanos loves new orleans yeah, yeah. i mean since treme they yeah. love it you that's know really really neat yeah and so and i mean were you intimidated at all being like all right i'm just gonna take a pretty big leap here and hang out with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Gary Carr and James Franco and Zoe Kazan or were you like no this is totally like every other project like Maggie Gyllenhaal has been like such a example of like a beautiful career and beautiful talent and I have loved her work for so long and like wanted to emulate that you know I'm just like yeah like that like that and then, and then you so, actually were handed by yeah, life and that first audition for a different character for Loretta and oh yeah yeah and I could see you I could see you being able to do that too totally. but I just love, I love your character. but I was kind of surprised too because like the audition was very kind of um it's just a scene about like, hey, can you cover for me? Mm-hmm. It's like in the pilot, like sh- when she asks Candy, like, can you co- cover for me for this porn shoot? I can't go do it. I got to go to court, mm-hmm. you know? So like that was the audition. And so then I was really surprised when I got Ashley and like the end of that first episode when like mm-hmm. Cece's cutting her arm and it's like, you know, pretty like fucking emotional. And I just remember being like, what? like what made them think like, oh, okay. she can do that. Like Wait. from that scene to the next, like, how did you think? Like, because oh, yeah, she got it. That's you what know? makes them geniuses. Exactly. But this is, that is, okay, interesting to hear you say that because to me, that mo, your first shot when they show you and you're just so innocent yet so broken yet so the gaze you're giving CC, that and then your scene at the end when you're getting cut. Were, that was when I realized what the show was going to be about mm. was your performance. And that's not because I know you. It's because I've seen the episode more than once. Mm-hmm. And the second time, that's when I was like, oh, my God, holy shit. This is like that almost feels fate like to me that you ended up getting that part. Oh, God, me too. Like, I you made that Ashley. episode. I, I was like so ready for that shit, you know. And so Ashley is really Dorothy is her mm-hmm, real name. Mm-hmm. And you were she is a sex worker mm-hmm. in 19 it's kind of late 1970s. starts in 71 oh it's early 1970s. it spans and then it goes to the 80s mm-hmm. that's right um in times square new york mm-hmm. area um and 
you know, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I don't want to like say too much. I guess I gave away a little bit of the first episode, yeah, but that's it's, okay. It's you're the best part in it. And it's really, really <laughs> good. And I think to try to get into the heart and the mind of a sex worker um, was really brave. You know, I'm, I'm in awe of your open heart to take it on and mm-hmm. how beautifully you portrayed her. Um, you got us into the headspace as to why, why a woman would physically and emotionally have this draining job yeah. um, and hand it over to one man in the abuse cycle. Yeah. And then also there's the aspect of the women that liked what they did yeah. and felt a sense of power. And yeah, the like amount of contradictions that they say ab- about themselves and their lives, like within two pages mm-hmm. is like, whoa, this shit is so fucking complex. You know, talking about like being in a family with other girls having the same pimp and how you really fucking hate that bitch. But then she cooks you a steak every night after you get yes! off of work. Okay, so like that's that. the aspect that I'm trying to say. I thought you did such a great job mm-hmm. because think about it. If you were to tell, I don't know, a lot of people in our parents generation and mm-hmm. stuff about this show they'd be like wait a minute that sounds extremely hard to watch and you're like yeah. no it's a really it's a it's Which a is, really it ain't that easy to watch for no, sure yeah, but yeah there are times that yeah that it's not been any great but show I, I mean it's like up my alley of what i want to oh it's fantastic i vibe with the people like the underdog and the like slummy part of life like i've always vibed with that stood part yeah, like I, I love like back alley shit and I always have, even though I come from a pretty like, you know, sweet neighborhood and sweet family, but I've always like gravitated towards like the hookers and the strippers and the and I'm just like, what's that about? Well, more interesting you know? things are going on in the yeah. back alleys. Yeah. yeah. That's where yeah. a lot of art comes from. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I want to ask you something oh, a bit controversial. Let's talk about nudity. And because I am in absolute awe of your ability to just become, because when one is nude, you've got nothing to hide behind. (laughs) You can't be anyone else but yourself. And in your case, when acting, if you don't, and in this case, you didn't really have hair and makeup and and costume necessarily, you know, you look, you're 100, you became 100% that character. And that seems very hard to do to me. Mm. Is it? Or you were just like, no. I don't know. Like, I'm a bit of an extrovert in general, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, so I don't, (laughs) not that I'm like, want to like run around naked or anything, but I always like loved being in a bathing suit and I always like loved like being kind of naked. So I feel like there's something about being comfortable on camera naked. It maybe comes from that part of my personality. So maybe it's easier for you to be a character. I, I, I mean, Listen, I know, and, like, I love the aspect of, like, truly bearing everything, including, like, women, like, humans are naked all the time. Right. Why wouldn't I be naked in a movie if we're trying to portray that? Okay, life? and I never and at understood the same time, that before. You gotta, like, But yeah, it's true. Totally. Alison Brie once said that in an interview for, I think it was for Glow. They gave her a bra to wear in a love scene. And she was like, this is so dumb. I'm not wearing the bra. The yeah. woman would not have been wearing a bra in this situation. It was the first time it clicked for me that I'm like, it is necessary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also sometimes it's super gratuitous and like you sometimes. have to protect yourself but for that. Juice, it was absolutely necessary. That's- okay. So now the looming tower, um, which I will briefly describe in case somebody hasn't seen it. It's based on the Pulitzer Prize winning work. Um, it's nonfiction by Lawrence Wright. And I believe it's streaming on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. It has a bonanza of a cast as well. Jeff Daniels, Peter Sarsgaard, Alec Baldwin, Michael Stuhlbarg. Did you say it's Stuhlbarg? 
I say, I say it's still bad. I love him. He's amazing. Jesus. Um, now it's based on real events, the turf war between the FBI and CIA. Mistips and actual events, excuse me, that led us to the 9-11 terror attacks, birth and rise of Al-Qaeda. Um, so it's behind the scenes of the CIA, FBI, NSA, a lot of uh, information. And it's big, extremely important part of our history. Was that a lot of pressure for you? Actually, that's funny because coming... There was two things that made it like one, it was a pretty like non-emotional part. So in some way, like when you're talking about research or like preparation, mm -hmm. like I read the book, Looming Tower. So it's like, so that's like, which is huge, it's, which is huge. So it's kind of like, okay, so there's a chunk of research you got to do that. Maybe there wasn't like a book of the deuce that I had to read. Right. Like it was just like different references and like trying oh. to figure shit out. But this one, it was like, read that fucking fat book okay. right now, you know? So like in a way, like there's that. But also, you know, the character Tony M. Marino, like I didn't, there's, there weren't like huge uh, emotional um, things that I had to access as an actor. I was like, I got to say these awesome words and I got to like be in this. Oh, you've got some good ones. Like as this worker. was my favorite. <laughs> so good. Um, but now as, as far as that goes, your, your character, Tony Ann. was she based on a real life person? Because Vince, uh, Lewis, do you say it can sell me or can shell me but he's based off of a real fbi fbi agent mark rossini mm -hmm. and he was on o'neill's i-49 counterterrorism squad and sort of you guys are sort of stuck into and added to the cia's alex station and you were placed there uh to they were placed there so that people they, it was ensured that the fbi received all the same intelligence as the cia yeah. but the cia they met their presence with pretty severe distrust. Right. Um, was your person... So for, from what she... You know, the character wasn't in the book. And from what I came to understand was that it was kind of an amalgam of some some people. But Well, it was a great amalgam. I'm going to say the word wrong that you just yeah. said. That's, that's such think, a great I word. Amalgam, amalgam is the right word. Um, <laughs> it's so great Amalgamation. Because you're, you know? to me, that part... It's pretty but I think it's the ham and cheese croissant scene. Um, it it reminds us that these people were human and tired, even though they were doing extremely important work. Mm -hmm. And your part kind of hits the point of the series on how this could have happened. Um, your opinion on not making a big deal of that cable and not right. seeking it out. I mean, that's the point of the show. Right. I your mean, part's really important. Yeah. I mean, she definitely like make some decisions that uh, affected the fucking world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Back to your the accent thing. Um, this comes up again in the movie 21 Bridges, but you really nail it. It's great, and it makes me feel like I'm in New York, and I felt like they didn't have enough accents in the show. Um, but like that. But my question is, do you, um, do you think that you had a lifetime of preparation for that? Not from your time in New York, from growing up, yeah, it's New Orleans. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Do you think that there's a distinct difference between the accents? Well, what's weird is if you ask me to do a Yat accent right now, I can't do it. I would call oh, up. I, wasn't I would call up you. Pierce and be like, Pierce, can you do that fucking Yat accent? <laughs> he does do a great he does accent. A great one. I know. Oh, that's but good. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm always like, well, yeah, darling, and that's it. Like I need to work on it. No, that's good. You have kind of the drawl that's added that New York I doesn't have. I just need to be able to do it can on you? a on a drop. Justin, can you do it? We're talking about a southern accent? No, yeah. 
like, like no. spilling out like Yat, a panhandle. No, no, no. <laughs> Yat versus New Orleans. What do they call them? I don't York? understand. Like, New, I mean, New York. Like, New Yorkers. New Just New Yorkers. New Yorkers. Yeah. New Yorkers. Okay. Like Yat, like. Because here they're, they're you called. You already have Dolan, it. Like, y'all. Like, what's yeah. up, y'all? You got some Yats in your family? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's real. What's funny, my mom's actually a Yankee. She's from Newark, New Jersey. But my okay. dad is Italian down from here. But that kind of fits the it Newark, fits. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Do, is the term Ronnie offensive in any way for yachts? Ronnie? Y'all never heard that? No. I hadn't either until mm-hmm. my husband Is that like a Becky or like it. a... No, no. It's Ronnie's just a yacht. And when Ronnie my husband and I were in, I never heard that. My um, sister's name is Ronnie. Oh, I've got an uncle Ronnie. I did, mm-hmm. and, I did, and he is not Yeti. Like it's not a. But the the. the <laughs> I just feel like like when you say yeah, like doll, like guys don't say Dolan. Like, like Dolan. I, I it's all more like. But it's not way yeah, Dolan. Well, yeah, baby, hey, baby. What's up, baby. Yeah, hey, baby. How you doing, baby? You hear, that, you hear a lot of that baby, on Bourbon. Yeah, yeah no, baby. But but yeah, you know that it, it's got to do something with Port Cities because oh, yeah. when we were in yeah. Boston, my husband had never been, and he overheard someone talking right when we got there. And he turned to me, he goes, "They got Ronnie's here too." Yeah, wicked hot, yeah, clam chowder. Yeah, I go to Boston every year, so I know I can do a Boston accent. I love that Boston. Boston. Yeah, you even brought up Boston. the Wicked, which I had Wicked forgotten hot. about. Wicked hot. Um, now, I'm going to sneak in that you did The Sinner in mm-hmm. uh, 2018 also, mm-hmm. um, which was Jessica Biel, Bill Pullman, Christopher Abbott, a story behind an impulse murder. And again, you just make Disturbed look really natural. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes very easily to you. Because again, here we go. Jessica Jones right mm-hmm. after. Uh, so by the way, you're part of the Marvel family. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, you're you're in the fam. <laughs> now, would you wear the? That's the that's the the biz the biz question I I read a lot in interviews is would you wear the tights? Would you be an action hero? Uh, hello, I grew up in fucking tights and I wear leotards all the time. Yeah, I would wear. But the that's tights. the that's the expression for would you? because yeah. it's like a thing in Hollywood. If you jump over oh. and you do it, versus if you don't. So I also think about that too. Like it's interesting making choices about whether to do stuff or not because I'm such a like I'm just so down and I love to do things. I was gonna say I know? think you would do it, and I still do. Like I do, like no money independent films in New Orleans all the time. I just love it. But it is interesting, like lately, making more choices of like. But don't you I think do that, that you could? I would do everything. Be, could you? You could still put a weird Jamie Newman spin on it. Okay, so Twenty One Bridges, Chadwick Boseman. Ooh, yeah, your boy. The star. It's a man. I, it's your boy. I do you want to discuss him? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, what a beautiful man, and oh, man. what a pleasure to work with, and what a pleasure to be around. The few days we're around each other, you know. Like, I mean. God bless him. I still just can't wrap my head around. No, that's he's a superhero. Yeah, like, that's like a superhero. Actually, he's a superhero. Yeah. Oh, Another note I want to make about this is you are an excellent on-screen crier. And as a professional actual crier in life, I cry at everything. <laughs> I want you to know that we criers appreciate that because there's nothing worse than when you can tell somebody has had the tears and you can tell applied to their face. Oh, yeah. I hate I just notice it. It bugs yeah. me. Okay. Lovecraft Country, HBO. Um, I think this is a good time to mention that I think you have the, because I'm such an authority on acting, um, <laughs> the chameleon gift. And the best example I can think of is Meryl Streep. Mm. When I'm watching her, I forget that I'm watching Meryl Streep oh, and I think cool. I'm looking at Margaret Thatcher or, um, you know, any of her million. Um, and it's hard. She's Meryl 
freaking street and yeah. i actually know you so the fact that i'm watching oh, nice. it and i'm like oh wait that's jamie you know like every now sure. and then that's if george that's came that. in the room or something i'm like oh yeah this is jamie's so, you know but like i would get lost dig that's cool mm-hmm. and that do other people make comments like i have heard some people say that yeah and i hope that's the case you know and i try to like help a little with that like and also like costuming and mm-hmm. hair makeup i mean it's like that really helps okay love craft country and i want to tell people that haven't seen the show that i promise you have never seen anything like the show <laughs> it's really wild would right? you say yeah how do I you mean, even like describe it to people this is what i usually say people are like what's it about and i'm like so this young dude in 1950s america young african-american dude like come back from the korean war and his dad's gone missing so he kind of goes to find him and he travels through um, Jim Crow country. So he's like experiencing the horrors of racist 1950s America. Mm-hmm. And then also monsters come out at night, you know? And then there's like time travel and then there's aliens and it's like, I but mean. But yet it's not, like if you're not a sci-fi person, I think you'd still love it. And I think it's because yeah. of the real element to yeah. it that like there's some like heavy, the family. good mm-hmm plot lines going on yeah mm-hmm. exactly but yeah. this is an epic epic part yeah in the show and i didn't did not know what to expect and it surpassed my ex i mean yeah my uh, husband's assistant is a huge fan and so yeah. when she knew i was going to start watching it she just was like oh her her part mm-hmm. oh my god so and actually fun. it's not just a performance i don't want to spoil it performance says <laughs> that you give and anybody who watches it will know what i mean uh, but you're you're getting a lot of praise for it. Obviously, it's like a, it was like it's like a big um, responsibility. That's how I felt. I was like, what? You know, like, what do I get to do right now? And I, there's something like magic That's about harder it. Harder than most parts. I mean, that. especially like with race, like issues. And I was like, man, I just want to make black people proud like you know i want to do this well and like be the fucking shell the like skin shell of someone and like do that justice of like what that would actually feel like to be in this like white shell special effects are outstanding in the show Mm -hmm. and i think in this day and age we can all agree it's pretty we're pretty saturated with them um and they still stand out in the show. Cool. Your skin melting scenes? Please tell me what this was like to, to do and to watch after. So that is fun because. I wish you had seen this, Justin. <laughs> you I can't usually watch gore. You and I couldn't now. take my eyes off of what was happening. I was, it's, yeah, tell me about it. Well, okay, so a lot of it was CGI afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. So even like the skin melting off, a lot of times. Ruby after wound me would be covered in the goop. So I never once had to get covered in that disgusting blood goop oh, shit. They were always like, you bitch, you know? And I was like, oh. I know. I just had to do the like body, like fucking freaking out, convulsing and shit. But there's one scene after when we go to the Dempsey's bar and then like bringing, you know, we had like the one coworker bring all the white coworkers to this bar on the South side. Mm-hmm. And then in the alley, my oh, yes. decide like not to take the potion and then the skin and you see the full transformation so that was the only one where we did practical effects on me as well so they painted my back like ruby skin tone and then they laid this like rubbery latexy thing like all f- covering my back 
and then like splotched it, like made it look like skin, and then made little slits in it and filled it with blood. How long did that take? Mm, not too long. It looks really good. Half an hour, under an hour, you know, something like that. And so then they also did CGI in that as well. But then like the convulsions, I got to actually rip my own skin off, and I got to actually like rip my own skin off. And I that's was, like, what the little <laughs> blood pockets were for. To make yeah, that, it was like, like so live. like once like. I'm tearing this like rubbery shit off of my back and then blood is spewing out because oh it's God. filled with it in there. Can you imagine? This is Justin. This is just like it's a so fun for Jamie. That's crazy. You know, she just ripped off her own skin. I've asked. Well, I mean, I after like watching all of the TV series um, and films before I got to the, the short films, um, after watching Lovecraft, when I got to, to that point, I'm like, she has done every range of emotion <laughs> that exists in being a human and yeah, your they're range like, is- can you explode an orgasm at the same time? <laughs> no, but can your skin pop off? Can your bones break? Again, but you're having an orgasm, but you're sad. Can you do all that? <laughs> it's like, Jesus. I mean, that's just a regular day at work for you. I just it can't. It is, actually. I can't get- okay, shorts. You yep. have written three. You've starred in 13, although now there's one from the other day, so maybe that's 14. That wasn't on your IMDb. Um, I have to admit, you were kind of my first exposure to short films mm. and short films were my first exposure to your acting. Mm. Um, but after I saw Sunday water, then these wild things, I watched air of light and I can feel this like real deep connection to Louisiana with you, like with Joshua, Mark Sinkowitz. Sinkowitz. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's his father character arrives at the house. I gasped because I just love the haunting signature river road architecture. And, Sunday Water, Stranger, Solar Driftwood Tourists, all shot um, here in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. And besides tourists, where were they shot? What neighborhoods? Tourists was in the quota. And then in, um, we were at his house. I'm, so, I'm like, whoa, where was he? Well, I didn't know if you'd be like Treme and, you know. No, we, we, shot- were, we were like St. Rock in the okay. quarter. Oh, and OK Bar. Oh. It was like that red bar scene. I've done like three. Oh, I didn't know where that was. That I've is done OK three Bar? films at OK Bar now. Really? Yeah, I love that bar. And it's like beautiful. It's so picturesque, you know, in a way. And I'm just like, oh. It's perfect. It's it. it is. And I'm just like. Now, you mentioned earlier about your relationships with the New Orleans film scene here. What compliments would you give it? And what do you feel like it's lacking? And in need of so rich the the talent here is fucking insane and that goes along with like the work ethic as like with the inherent ease of living in new orleans and like the fucking like let's chill the fuck out attitude and at the same time we're getting the same shit done um but maybe like a production meeting we're gonna like drink beers you know and, mm-hmm. So. so people want to come and film here. That can You can lure them just with that. Okay, so Stranger. I loved this one. It was my favorite. And I'm going to say that anyone who wants to watch it, don't just skip ahead with what I'm going to say because I, you just won my heart over and you didn't even speak. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. If anybody, it's like, true. I don't know if Justin, you're a big short film person, but this is why I fall in love with them is that the this little bud turns into a giant flower in however many minutes five minutes or something i love that too yeah i really love short films for that reason it's like you told a whole story in five minutes and you actually you were um justin talking about her facial expressions earlier you know she doesn't have to say anything she you have the eye acting do you know about the claire foy john krasinski eye acting have they're like i love they're my favorite i love 
love that. And you know what I'm I like thinking exactly what you're like talking and just about. Like, I just, you just know. Like, right. I just, facial I expressions are one thing. He is, but I, in the office, he's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, all yeah. of those looks. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. A, it's eye acting. I didn't make it up. That's an actual no, thing. No, I didn't know it was an actual <laughs> thing, okay, but yeah. And maybe you, there's a fancy But now that you mention that, Jamie was, would know. But now that you mention that, it is it is a skill. And then change, you shot during the pandemic yeah. mm-hmm. about the pandemic mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah, my friend Abe Felix, the director and writer, and we just, you know, been friends for a while and worked together. And he was just, you know, he's like, I want to make a little piece about what this is like and the day to day. And, you know, basically I would do anything that he wanted me to do because I respect him and I like his work and I like him as a person. But it was a sweet piece, you know, and very, very apparent, you know, just like it's just very right now was shooting different i mean because it was the first time all wearing masks being around each other Mm. and then also it's like as actors i feel like we get so many um like perks or pampers or i don't know how to say it but it's like you know you're on set and you're walking and someone wants to hold an umbrella for you if it's raining i'm like i can hold that umbrella and they're like no actually my job actually you know but but kind of the same thing it's like we're all in masks and it was pretty early on in the pandemic so i'm sure that was pretty weird for everyone and then you know the other actor and i get to take off our mask and just be the actors you know so Mm -hmm. it's just like there's there's this sort of like privilege or something and that kind of felt like that you know like we wore them around people but if we're filming we're taking the masks off but it's that's even in there it's like i open the door to him he's got his mask and Uh i'm like oh shit and i put the you know yeah Yeah. so it was interesting now abandon all hope which you can watch on youtube right now yeah mockumentary style series about an off-broadway play and i pretty much wet my pants when you took the ayahuasca He's so stupid. That was my absolute favorite part. <laughs> too. That was like a random last minute kind of thing. Like Tommy was like, who plays the director and he wrote it and directed it. So He's funny. like, I was thinking maybe she like, she like does some ayahuasca. And I was like, you know, when you drink ayahuasca, like you puke. I was like, I had a lot of friends who like. I was going to ask, have you ever done I it? I haven't, but I would love to one day, you know. I'm, but, I'm, I'm conflicted because of the puking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I mean, I feel like if you got to puke to get. To Get see there. your grandmother again. Yes. <laughs> and it's real. Justin, would you do it? Would I puke? Would you t- take ayahuasca? <sighs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in the yeah. right setting, I mean, yeah. it seems like a pretty I mean, spiritual thing to do. Yeah. I go back and forth. I yeah. spent a lot of time thinking about it in 2019 and, and discussing it with George. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I mean, if you want to do it. And I was like, but I'm a mother. Like, can <laughs> yeah. mothers do this? I don't Yeah. Gosh. I mean, there's like indigenous it's like always, tribes yeah. doing it all the time. It's always kind of cool to try something once from what yeah. I've learned. I mean, I Thank can't be watching West. her okay. while I do it. I need to be it's in a just... foreign country without her when I do it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be hanging out. Yeah, with him. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, part of the right setting's yeah. got to be right. Maybe. Yeah, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, probably, be like, yeah. are you my mom? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like, make huh? me a better parent. Yeah, you know? it um, probably will. Well, I know you have some upcoming projects, Shapeless and Street Punks of Yangon. I'm mm-hmm. saying that right? Mm-hmm. Um, which are in post production. Mm-hmm. So when are we going to be able to see those? Uh, well, last I heard, Shapeless just picture locked, which means it's. Pretty close to Ooh, done. I love the industry lingo. Yeah. Picture lock. Justin, remember you know, that. Like I have no idea. Well, learn it because you're going to have a production company Picture with locked. me. Got yeah, it, it means yeah, like yeah. editing is done, right? So okay. now you got you can like fix the sound and fix the color. Okay. But like we're not going to like re-edit the scenes. Okay. Um, okay, now this is a super corny question. Oh, can you tell us me. what being on Conan was like? So fun. 
Are you kidding? It was so You looked beautiful. Fun. Oh, my God. Thank you. It was a goddamn dream. And, and like, you know, they like put you up at a hotel and you get your hair and makeup done. And I'm like at the hotel pool and my one friend. No, I didn't know any of this that they do yeah, that. Like, so I don't know exactly like the logistics of who pays for what. It's like all probably has to do with like HBO because I was promoting the deuce. So it's like probably HBO and Conan and Bo, I don't know who pays for I would think it what. would be the network. Like, like Conan's network. Um, right? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. You know? Question. But... You know, I was like, can I go up to this, like the Chateau Marmont or something? And my publicist and girl was like, you should really do, um, oh my God, what was the name of it? Something oh, Tower? Um, it's the across Sunset Tower. Sunset Tower. That hotel is, the, I've eaten dinner oh, there, but I've never so stayed cute. there. Yeah, it's so cute. Like mid-century modern, like oh, the, like epic, beautiful old Hollywood looking stuff. Just at the pool all day, like drinking Aperol Spritz. And I'm like... <laughs> I love that. I just felt very, very fancy. Did so you drink awesome. before you went on coding? Because that's yeah, impressive. I drank one gin. Oh, like there oh, was like, like a, there was like, you know, but um, the pool drinks a bar that in day. the room, and I was like, I should probably drink something. Yeah, you know? no, the, but the pool drinks weren't that day. I would need a drink before I went on a. Coding. I don't know. The pool drinks might have. No, because it was early, I guess. Okay. Real quick, I want to talk about music. It's a big part of your life. You were in the band Desert Stars for a period of time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was shoegaze. <laughs> And I've never heard of the term shoegaze music, but apparently it describes a lot of music I like. Yeah. It's like, I think the point is, is like you get kind of trancy and you stare down at your shoes and dance while you're listening to it. So High Mighty has been, that like kind of birthed in the Giacomo's New York era. Because um, they were based out of here, right? Yeah. So the drummer, Evan Howard, um, and leader of the band, he used to play at Giacomo's Uptown in New York. And he lived here forever, like went to UNO for music and then lived here for seven years. So he put together this brass band up in New York with like a bunch of other New Orleans cats who were up there, like Kevin Lewis on the trumpet mm-hmm. and singing and Chad Gales on the um, sax. So he put together this brass band. And then I remember one day he was like, Jamie, could you, um, we're doing our first gig like at this Christmas party. Could I, could I pay you to come like dance in the audience? Cause it's just better when you're there and dancing. Cause he used to play at the restaurant. And I would just be like freaking out. And I was like, I'm sorry, are you trying to pay me you're to like, come I'd to your gig? Anyway. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to pay me. I'll just come to your gig. So I came to the gig. And then like by the first song, Kevin Lewis was like, get up on stage. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like grabbed a tambourine and I was just up on stage. And then by the end, and I was there the whole gig just dancing because I was like rebirth videos you're in, I'm like I don't even know what her role is here because it's just dancing like a fucking idiot the you muse, know maybe yeah and what'd you say the muse yeah I mean I feel like it's like hype and dance and I and I would sing and play the and play percussion but mostly what I thought I was like I should dress like a fucking crazy person and dance like a fucking crazy person like that's what I I just you know, like rebirth shows when they would get mm-hmm. the ladies up at the end. That's like my favorite shit. Oh, yeah. So I was just like, let me just bring that to every show. And they're still going. Yeah. Still I mean, I think I played with the band like 10 years and they're still going. Yeah. Yeah. But Maybe. like we played, we opened for like Dr. John and yeah. John Cleary and like all these New York, like New Orleans motherfuckers that would come to New York. Yeah. Like we opened for everybody when I think about it. I'm like, whoa. And we played Bonnaroo and. Jimmy, that alone would that's be amazing. I'm a like, cool story. And it's that? just like one small. Yeah, it's Facet crazy. Of yours. <laughs> How did you get the nickname Cookie Von Tufa? <laughs> and this like Israeli kid that I married was like, yo, he started calling me Cookie, right? And so I was just like, that's my nickname, Cookie. And then I just, whatever. Wait, go back. 
I married some Israeli guy for like a year. What? It's no big deal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I am really excited that that is where we are ending the actual interview portion. Uh, and now on to our New Orleans questions. And these are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Favorite block, neighborhood, or building in the city? But listen, the bayou is so magic to me. I'm just going to have to say. Bayou St. John. Moss. The bayou. Okay. You know. Uh, favorite holiday that you spend in New Orleans? What do you do? Mardi Gras. Jesus. Mardi Gras. Okay. <laughs> well, I know what you do on yeah, Mardi Gras. Yeah, thank you. Uh, favorite festival? You know, I really love Jazz Fest yeah. for goddamn sure. I love Voodoo too, but I guess Jazz Fest because it's just so also magic and great. long. A favorite neighborhood bar or restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. I love the Pals Saint. is pretty good. I love the Saint. Oh, the Saint. That's right. You used to go to the Saint, the Saint. with Pierce and yeah. George. And yeah, that's of course. right. Of okay. course. I love the Saint. Yep. I, had, always, I didn't know what it was forever. before George. Isn't that oh, crazy? Oh, God. I know. I love that place. I, I, I'm, I suck. I'm not a real New Orleanian for that. No, you uh, are. Favorite you drink just and wear. You're not a degenerate. <laughs> favorite drink and wear. I love a classic margarita. Mm-hmm. And from where? Sylvain can make a pretty banging mm. classic margarita. That place just also feels like it's out of a Tennessee Williams yeah. play. Yeah, exactly. Um, last meal in New Orleans, where and what would you get? Well, you can also just say what your favorite thing is to get anywhere in New Orleans. New Orleans kind of food. I mean, I love barbecue shrimp. Which, by sure. the way, if you're not from New Orleans, you don't know that it's not barbecued. No, it's just butter. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of it. Tabasco or crystal? Crystal. Uh, if you could bring back either the K&B or McKinsey's franchise, which would it be and what was your favorite thing from from them that you remember? I'll take the K&B because I just loved, like, the purple and, you know. It's a special I just, purple. Like, it was. And I love a drugstore in general. I'm kind of like, sad that the next, gen, next generation doesn't Mm-mm. know. Highland doesn't know what K&B purple is. Yeah. And it's just so classic. And, mm. you know, donuts, I just don't care about that much. Mm-hmm. And everything did taste like a, a donut there. Yeah. Um, favorite coffee shop. And what do you get? These days? In New Orleans, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm an iced Americano motherfucker. Mm, um, and specific. these days I've been going to Old Road, which is off of Esplanade. Um, I don't know that, that one. It's great. Where is it off of Esplanade? Maybe. It's close to Galvez. Oh. It's like between Galvez and Claiborne. Oh, but that it's, area it's a street me. off. You know, like there's that little, um, like flat iron looking building yes. now. So it's, if like you're looking at the flat iron and you go to the right, which is also a really sweet coffee shop and the proprietor is such a sweetie and I want to go there more, but my favorite coffee shop is a block away. So I just like go there less, you it's know? It's okay. Yeah. As long but, as you're patroning at all. But yeah, but old road and the baristas are the sweetest and the coffee's delicious. I'm going to go there. Yeah. Uh, snowball stand of choice. Yeah. So Pandora's I love. Oh, I haven't had anybody say that. Yeah, yet. the the like wild strawberry that they do is really above Ooh. and beyond for some Ooh. reason. All right, that's yeah. gonna be in my list. Um, mm-hmm. Neutral ground or sidewalk side? Neutral ground. <laughs> I love how everyone says their answer with such conviction. Yeah, like it makes any sense. Yeah, <laughs> muses or iris? Iris, baby, come on. You don't have to say that just for me. I'm looking can... at you. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> What's the biggest New Orleans stereotype to you, and is it true? <laughs> Um, 
that everybody's like a drunk degenerate and yes as we're sitting true. here drinking <laughs> uh who's the most new orleans person you know famous or not and why Frankie and Johnny's, you know, you know, Frankie from Frankie and Johnny's furniture store. Oh, I say, I say, who say, I say. Frankie oh, say, not I the say. restaurant. No, that yeah. establishment is closed. The um, old man with the toupee dancing yeah, with the parasol. I say, I say. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, not let I have it. Not that one. No, that um, which that's a really great answer. Favorite movie, TV show or book set in New Orleans. Have you read Mr. New Orleans? No, it's fucking awesome. It's a memoir of this guy, Frenchie Brule, I feel like, who died not so long ago. But it's like a memoir of his life coming here from like Cajun country as a kid in the 50s and like becoming a quarter rat. And it's, <gasps> it is awesome. Well, that's and what you, the script you need to write. I know, dude. Don't nobody steal that. He was like a sober young kid too. So he's like a sober young beefy kid from the, from Cajun country, like growing up in the quarter, you know, it's awesome. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And that's just so, yeah. such a good New Orleans so story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your most naturally New Orleans? I hate to say it that way, but you know, that term naturally yeah, New Orleans, naturally New Orleans, uh, story. Like what I always tell people is like seeing somebody covered in glitter on a Tuesday morning oh, yeah. outside of what's the bar that's near Mimi's. Big Daddy's. Big Daddy's. I would drive past it on my way to work, and I'm like, there, there they are. I know. It's Tuesday. Actually, I used to bring my ex to work. Like, we were sharing a truck, and I would drop him at a job site. And then always on the drive home, I would pass by Big Daddy's at like 7.05. And I'd be like, there's Big Daddy's with people outside. And then there's like um, Flora's coffee shop. And I'm like, should I get a coffee? (laughs) Should I go to Big Daddy's? And I'm like, bitch, you just woke up. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they're there. You're like, but I'm well, just why like, not? look at them there. Yeah. Like, I thought about it a few times. I was like, should I? That's no. that. Um, also, good idea for a short. Yeah. Um, and what you choose, or maybe you choose both, and we see both outcomes. Thank you. Oh, kind of sliding, like sliding doors. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Lastly, favorite New Orleans word, phrase, or expression. Well, yeah, baby. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you write is pretty awesome. Do you use one? I this? use yeah, you write a lot. Mm-hmm. That's good. I say where you at a lot. Too, I want you to throw so. those all around New York and LA. Okay, well, well thank you. This has been an absolute you. pleasure, yeah. and we're probably going out after, so you know it's not stopping here, is it? Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening, and a big thanks to our sponsors as well as everyone at Boot Crew Media and Allison Zatteran. Special thanks to Britton Stewart of Thinka and to the incredible Alex Harris for the use of his song, Entangled. And of course, a big thank you to my ever-supportive husband, George. You can find out more about my guests and sponsors on Instagram at at New Orleans Entangled and on bootcrewmedia.com. Until next time. I'm entangled.